Yeah, I think it's the deal I talked about with the 42 unit, just being able to switch lenders with 29 days left and getting a huge discount on the on the interest rate. Uh, it wasn't planned that way, but it ended up being better for the investors and the deal itself. It's time for the Creative Real Estate Podcast, your source for out-of-the-box real estate investing strategies brought to you by realbluespruce.com. Welcome back to the Creative Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam A. Adams, and I'm just thrilled, thrilled to bring on the guest that we have today. Uh, it's not every day that we have a guest that really just takes the action that they need to take when they need to take it in a calculated manner. Kyle Mitchell um, has done some incredible things, and I know that you're going to have the inspiration that you need to be able to take these same actions Kyle uh, came to the Raising Money Summit last year in November, and there was a panel discussion that we put on there uh, of, of podcasters, people that are running podcasts and have really put their name out there. And there was another panel of, of people hosting events. One thing that you'll notice is that Kyle started his, um, his multifamily investing meetup group well before ever closing on his first multifamily property. Now that's important for you to note because he also started his podcast before he closed on his first property. These two things helped him gain the traction that he needed to raise a million dollars for his first deal. And you're going to be able to not only learn how that works and how that happened for him, but you're going to be able to see the step-by-step -step process that he took in order to get there. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the show, Kyle Mitchell. How, how are you, Kyle? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Adam. Just thrilled, thrilled to have you. And um, it would be nice also to have your fiance on since you have really been working this together and she is so incredible and um, and I see your meetups. Uh, you just had Rod Cleef at your event recently. I think it was like last week out in uh, Long Beach where you host your meetup. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, August when I come and hang out with, uh, I guess, four, four different meetups out in the Los Angeles area. And um, really looking forward to it because I've, I've seen your group and you guys are crushing it. How many people are you, are you seeing every month? Well, so we have about eight different chapters now. And about six months ago, it was just the, the solid three in West LA and South Bay and Long Beach. And so we have over 1,500 members in our meetup group now, and that's rapidly growing. And, you know, we have anywhere from 40 to 60 people at our meetups uh, on a monthly basis. That, that's fantastic. Uh, thank you. For, thank you for going into that. And this has really propelled you to where you are. One of the big, big hurrahs that I'm excited to hear is that about three weeks ago from the day that we record, you, you, you quit your job. Is that true? No, we closed on a deal. Well, oh, I quit my job. I actually quit my job nine months ago. Nine months ago. That is amazing. Okay. So three weeks ago is when you closed on your Tucson deal. Correct. Right? And Correct. then right now you're working on another deal. It's 128 units that you're working on. Uh, where is that? That one's in Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. And is it under contract? What's kind of the, what, what's the spot that you're, you're at right now? 
as of right now, it's under signed LOI and negotiating the contract. And we hope to have that signed in the next uh, 24 to 48 hours. That's so cool. So cool. And I guess I had my, uh, my three week in mind as well, because uh, something big's happening in three weeks. Is that, is that right? Oh, yes. Yes. Lolita and I are getting married in three weeks. So that is where you got that three weeks. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking three weeks. That's an, an exciting time. But you, you quit your job nine months ago. And congratulations on all your success. One thing that I noticed is that with you as a regional manager, when you were working for um, a golf course company that really is, is managing all of these assets, you probably learned all the things that you really need to know and to do to be successful in the same type of asset management for multifamily. You were hiring people, you were firing people, you were looking at the numbers, making sure that you're cutting expenses, increasing revenue, marketing, building the right team to do all of that. And how do you feel so far after closing this deal in Tucson how do you feel that your experience as a regional manager has taken you into this new venture of syndicating deals? Yeah, I mean, you're exactly right. Everything that I did prior with my golf experience, even though it's a different industry, relates directly to what we're doing now. I'm a very operations, logistics, and numbers-driven person. So, you know, the asset management piece of it, turning around a property. That's kind of what I was used for with my previous job. They used to put me into the worst performing properties. I'd spend a couple of years there put, turning them around and then they'd move me on to the next one once it was operating properly. So I tie it directly to what we do in multifamily. I love that. And when you were managing all of those golf courses and increasing their revenue, I remember you were talking, you threw out this number that was like 20 million in revenue like every single year. Uh, that's big. That's, that's, that's a lot of revenue. And, um, and you were the one who was in charge of that. But those assets were right in your backyard. You are in the LA area. These were in the LA area. And when you decided to get into multifamily, you are looking in assets that are in Tucson and Phoenix. I just want to find out, was that scary for you at first to, to go outside of your own backyard? It was at first when I first started investing about five or six years ago when I invested in my first out-of-state single-family home. Uh, but, you know, after going through it for a couple of years with that, it's the same transition with multifamily. Now, um, I will say that we're out in the market once a week or every other week at worst. And so we do feel like we have a good, solid understanding of that market after, you know, basically building those relationships for the past 12 months. Okay. Wow. That's, that's really cool. So I didn't know all of your uh, single family and, and small multifamily experience, which I guess has been going on for five years on out-of-state assets. That's, that is definitely helpful. Um, the first leap that you took though, five years ago, when you decided to go out of state, like, what was that like? Was that kind of scary? Yeah, it, it, they're turnkeys. So it wasn't like I was rehabbing them or anything like that. I just had my full-time job and I was really focused on just getting something that cash flowed. So I really went through a turnkey provider. The scary part was that I wouldn't be able to drive by the property and, and see it physically. Uh, but after working with the turnkey providers for a while, I understood that you know they had everything under control. I just needed to manage the manager, which is what 
kind of my background training is. So, um, you know, it, everything's scary for the first time, but I just would encourage everyone to try and get out of your comfort zone, which I try and my fiance and try and do, you know, a few times a year to kind of try and help push us to that next level. And after you do it once, it becomes easier and easier and easier. Love that. Thank you for sharing it. And one thing that um, we mentioned, I mentioned kind of like about you toward the very beginning of the podcast was really just introducing you. Um, the day that you came to the Raising Money Summit in uh, last year in 2018, the next one's coming up, by the way, anyone listening, anybody watching, you can just go to RaisingMoneySummit.com. And then if you want an extra discount, the earlier that you put this code in, the bigger the discount it gives you. So just go to RaisingMoneySummit.com. And then when you click buy your ticket, just put in podcast that you heard about us right here on the podcast and you actually get a discount. But what I was saying is what I was so excited about at that event is bringing on Whitney Sewell, who's a great friend of mine, and he also started a podcast. So you started a podcast called The Passive and what was it called? The passive multi, say the whole uh, name for me. Passive income through multifamily real estate. Okay. So the passive income through multifamily real estate podcast started doing that before you syndicated your deal, first deal. And then Whitney did the same thing. He, he had the goal to put, have the syndication show, the daily syndication show. And he, and he started that three months before he closed his first deal and you're killing it. You're crushing it. You're able to raise tons of money. I know you have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of listeners, probably tens of thousands of downloads. And it just launched a couple of months ago, which is amazing. And uh, Whitney's seeing the same thing. And what I want to really get out to a listener is something that I teach my coaching students is my coaching students will come up to me and say, Hey, Adam, I know that you told me that I need to have a podcast. Adam, I know that you told me I have to have a meetup group. Adam, I know that you told me that I have to add value to other people, but I have imposter syndrome. I don't think that I can do that. And, and now I'm using Kyle Mitchell and Whitney Sewell as the examples of, look, not only can you, but look what it's done for you. Kyle, would you take me back to when you decided to start a podcast and share with us, did you have an imposter syndrome where you're like, I'm not sure if I should do this or if I can do this or if I'm the right person to do this? Uh, perhaps your answer could benefit the listener. Yeah, sure. I think that's always something that goes through your mind and, you know, am I qualified enough to do it? But, you know, when it comes to a podcast, you're interviewing the experts and there's different ways that you can set up a podcast. So, you know, you can do just yourself speaking on a topic or you can interview people. And that's what we chose to do is the interview style. So, you know, when I was sitting in the room at the Raising Money Summit, I was going back and forth. Should I do this? Should I not? And I knew at that time I was about three weeks after I had quit my job and I knew I needed to start something and do something. And that's, that's when I, uh, you know, just decided after that panel got off and you said, you got to start a podcast. I texted my fiance and said, guess what? We're starting a podcast. And then we spent basically December planning out what that podcast would look like. And um, during that month, while we were doing that, you actually launched another podcast that said, hey, here are the steps you need to take to, uh, to run a podcast. So I wrote everything down and we followed it pretty much step by step. And that helped us really build a platform to feel confident that we were going to launch properly. Awesome. And to be honest, with, with the numbers that you're telling me on the types amount of listeners that you have, 
you must have launched it right because most people out there that start a new podcast and run it for a year or more still have less than 100 downloads per episode and you are blowing that out of the water. Oh, wow. so you, must have, you must have really started it right. So good job on your execution. May I ask you, do you have a coach, a, a business coach, coach or a real estate coach or a branding coach? Uh, how are you doing all this? Did you hire someone to help you get there? So I did go through the Michael Blanc online coaching course as far as real estate, multifamily syndication was concerned. And for the first five or six months, we were doing one-on-one coaching with him. Um, right now I don't have a real estate coach, but I do have a, a business slash life coach mentor, um, that I go to. Uh, but you know, a, a lot of this stuff is what I did in the golf business. I know a lot of people, when they hear golf, they don't really, it's very difficult to understand how it relates to real estate, but everything that I did with that company is everything I'm doing now with, with our company, Limitless Estates to help grow and expand it. And really all we're trying to do is add value back into people's lives. And as long as we can do that, we feel comfortable with where we're at and that we're growing. Awesome. Love it. Thank you for going into that. Would you be willing to share with us how you work with your life coach or who that might be? Yeah, sure. Uh, my life coach, is, his name's Jamie Dorgy, and uh, I've been working with him for about two and a half years now. And, you know, it was, we were seeing each other every other week, and now it's kind of once a month or once a quarter, um, because he's gotten me to basically where I am today. And really, it's just a mindset shift, right? It's about believing in yourself, setting up a plan and executing, and really not worrying about all the things that could go wrong. I mean, I think that goes down when you're planning, but once you have your plan in place, that's all we focus on now is, is the plan and the end goal. And we just keep that in mind and, and just keep shooting, uh, you know, shooting for that goal. I love that. I just uh, solidified my business life coach and Trevor McGregor. I just did this like this week as we record it. Um, I've been planning to for well over a year and I don't know why it took so long, but it felt good writing the check. That's for, for dang sure. So let me ask you this. Um, that first deal, I believe you said you raised about $1 million. I don't know if it's a little higher or lower than a million, but I remember feeling like you said you raised a million. Now for most people watching, the, a million just sounds so insane. Like, it's hard for them to maybe have a private lender put in 20 or 30,000 for one of their fix and flips or wholesales that they want to do. And you, you were able to raise a million on your first deal. Uh, was that scary? Extremely scary. Uh, it was a, a million, 14,000. So right at a million and we weren't sure if we were going to be able to do it. However, the reason why we started the meetup, before we closed. The reason why we started the podcast before we closed is because we need, we needed to build that funnel and that pipeline and those relationships with people prior to starting to raise the money. And so, um, you know, even though we were making offers prior to the uh, podcast, we waited until after the meetup was established uh, to start really making offers on properties. And, you know, when we put this one under contract, we felt confident that we had the network to get it done. Although it was scary and raising money is a completely different beast. Uh, going through that for the first time was definitely a learning experience. And, um, 
you know, it, it's about building the pipeline before. So you're prepared to, to, to take it to the next level. May I, let me ask you one question, a totally self-serving question. Um, but it might be good for the, for anybody listening. Is there, so you went to the raising money summit and I know it helped you, you know, figure out that you should start a podcast and you were just crushing it with the podcast. I'm so proud of you. But the question that I would really have was, is there any takeaways from that event that made it easier for you to raise a million dollars besides just the podcast that you could speak to? Yeah, I just think standing up there and, or sitting in the crowd and seeing the people talking about how they did it, you know, I'm very much about putting a plan in place and it just helped me put a plan in place. And so the same thing with the podcast, you know, it, it pushed me out of my comfort zone, uh, certainly, and uh, just just helped us, you know, build. I mean, it's it's just about continuing to, like I said earlier, get out of your comfort zone. And so instead of sitting there saying, ah, I'm not sure if we're ready to close on this deal, I'm not sure if we can raise enough money, it's kind of, you know, get in there and do it and trust in your ability. You've been spending the last 12 months building this, uh, it's, it's time and you're ready. You know, I, I don't think you'll ever feel ready until you're going through it and, and doing it. But it, unless you're getting yourself out of your comfort zone, you're, you're going to be stuck in the same place forever. And that's not a place either myself or my fiance or business partners want to be in. Other than maybe having um, a mind uh, a mindset that that you know that this is a lot of money and and it's it's just so much um, I guess responsibility fiduciarily and um, other than just kind of understanding that part of the bis of of the idea around raising money, what was what ended up being the biggest challenge that you had as you're raising that first million dollars for your 42 unit? Learning how the lending environment works. There's no doubt about that. And I can certainly talk to that if we have enough time. Um, sure. So originally we were going in for a small balance Freddie Mac loan through a mortgage broker and you know, going through this for the first time, I was trying to be as upfront and transparent with what our business plan was. And our original business plan was to try and raise the money all on our own. But if we got to the point where we just didn't feel comfortable, we would use our 30 day extension and bring on another GP. So about three weeks in, we were probably only about halfway through our raise and started feeling a little uncomfortable that we weren't going to be able to get there. So we contacted the lender uh, or the mortgage broker and, and told them, and when they went to Freddie Mac, they said, hey, it's too late. We've already filed the application. We're not going to add on another GP. Uh, we can't do that. So I was kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place because if we can't raise the full amount, we can't execute on our business plan to its fullest. Now, we could break in pounds and, and actually put the down payment on and close on the property. But again, I wouldn't feel comfortable there because we wouldn't be able to put the money back into the property to get it to where we wanted to. So we wouldn't be able to hit our targeted returns. So at that point, I had a choice to make, and literally on the last day that we could probably make the change, we, we found someone that said they can get the loan done under Fannie Mae, 30 days, uh, 29 days to be exact, and uh, I called a couple of partners who uh, agreed to sign on the loan and help raise money and um, help manage the deal. 
And so, you know, all in all, we ended up raising 900,000 ourselves and then another partner helped with the rest. Um, and then another one helped sign on the loan and, uh, ended up getting an 81 basis point discount because the rates had dropped so drastically during that month. Um, and so it ended up being a, a good thing, but it was really stressful and working with the mortgage broker or the lender at the time, um, I guess I should have been more upfront and done it over email on what our business plan was going to be. Um, and, uh, but it all, it all worked out in the end, but I would just, I would just tell everyone to make sure that the lender understands who's going to be a part of the team or as early as possible, because when they're running documentation or they need those kind of things, they need to run background checks and all, all kinds of stuff that they need to get the loan closed. And the longer you wait, the less likely it's going to be able to, to close on time. Awesome. A lot of, lot of really good info in there. Thank you for the golden nuggets. I really, really, really appreciate that. What, if, if any, is there, is there another thing or two that you'd really like to share with somebody that's new and wanting to get into this that might be able to help them in before we get into our final five questions? Yeah, find partners that are already doing what you want to do and kind of tag onto them and try and add value to them. There's plenty of those people. And I think from the standpoint of risk and, and learning, you can certainly learn a lot by just, you know, maybe taking a very small portion of equity on your first couple of deals, partnering with people who are successful in the business and understanding that multifamily real estate is a long-term game. It's not get rich quick. And so if you have the end in mind and understand that it's going to be a long-term wealth building vehicle, then there's no reason why you shouldn't just partner and, and take a little bit less equity up front. Great info. Really, really appreciate that. All right, we're going to take a real quick break and we'll be right back with a final five. Adam Adams has one of the most active meetup groups in the world. I've personally been to one of his meetups and Adam packed that house with over 80 investors at lunch and another 60 on the waiting list. Find out the exact six things he did to create one of the top meetups on the planet by texting the word meetup to 555-888. Text meetup to 555-888. And we're back. All right. Mr. Kyle Mitchell, I need to know what's the most creative deal that you've ever, ever done? Yeah, I think it's the deal I talked about with the 42 unit, just being able to switch lenders with 29 days left and getting a huge discount on the, on the interest rate. Uh, it wasn't planned that way, but it ended up being better for the investors and the deal itself. Uh, and I was out able to establish solid relationships and partnerships that we're going to be able to leverage going forward. Thank you. What is a book that you recommend? Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning. It kind of changed my life about three years ago. And, you know, now I have a morning routine where I basically start out fresh every morning and, and get in the right frame of mind. I cannot wait to see him in Dallas. So anyone listening on the Facebook Live and you're, already, you're not already scheduled to come to DealMaker Live event, Kyle took with uh, Michael Blanc. I'm friends with Michael Blanc, but Hal Elrod would be one of the 12 speakers. I think there's 12 of us speaking, but uh, thrilled to share a stage with him. And that miracle morning seems to have made a big impact on so many other people's lives. I know Powell Chi, a, a mutual friend of ours, always talking about it as well. Thank you for bringing up that book. Uh, Kyle, where were you five years ago? If you could just take us all the way back to five years ago, what was going on through your mind? Paint us that picture. 
Yeah, I was just buying my first single family home actually locally in Southern California and uh, learned a big lesson there that it's just not a landlord friendly state. So that's why I got out of it. But, you know, at that point, I had my full time job, I wasn't really thinking about leaving my career, I enjoyed what I did at the time. And I was just trying to build passive income at that time. Perfect. Now, explain what does it look like? What's your vision of the future for five years from today? What does that look like? Yeah, five years from today, I see uh, our company as one of the biggest buyers in the Arizona market. We have a full team of people with, you know, VAs and asset managers and acquisition managers. And um, we are in the position, my fiance and I, where we can travel the world and, and, and get to uh, relax a little bit, but also work from anywhere in the world. That's our ultimate goal. That's perfect. I love that. I, I want to share your exact vision. Um, how do you give back? Yeah, it's through our meetup groups. And you mentioned Powell Chi, who's the one who started it all for us. But we have eight chapters now. And uh, we try and add as much value as we can through the podcast as well. And I also have a second meetup that I just started earlier this year, uh, locally in Southern California, where we just try and add free value. And then uh, every quarter, we also do webinars for free to just, you know, again, add value and educate people on uh, how to get into this multifamily space. Absolutely love that. Love that. Tell me more about your new uh, meetup group, the one that you just started. Yeah, it's uh, in Cerritos. Just started in January, and it's meant to be a smaller group. It's more of a roundtable where everyone in that group gets a chance to talk about what they're working on, you know, successes, challenges, opportunities, things like that. So typically, it's around just ten people um, or even less, and we just chat. You know, it's a mastermind, and and how how can we help? How can we work together? Um, and it's, uh, it's been good so far. That's so, so cool. I'm glad you shared that. And, um, let me ask you this. I, I believe that there's a few people that are watching that want to get a hold of you, want to connect with you, m- maybe invest past with you or learn how you did this. Um, perhaps they want to go to the meetup, listen to the podcast, email you or find your website. So if you could just tell us, how do we find your meetup? How do we find your podcast? How do we find your email address, if applicable? And what's your website? Yeah, you can find pretty much everything on the website, which is www.limitless-estates.com. And uh, our meetup is on there, podcast is on there. And then if you want to reach me, uh, my email is kmitchell at limitless-estates.com. Perfect. So it's kmitchell at limitless-estates.com. I went ahead and put the www.limitless-estates.com both in the show notes of the podcast and on the Facebook Live that's happening now. Um, For anybody watching or listening, I'll also put in one other uh, website for you here real fast as as we hop off the podcast. And all that is is since we talked about the DealMaker Live event, I'll put in a promo code for you so you can... Hop in right there and go deal maker live event. And it's going to be .com forward slash Adam. So don't pay full price. There's no reason for you to need to pay full price. If you use that forward slash Adam, you will save, uh, you'll both get a uh, discount and you'll be able to save. Kyle, are you going to that? I'm not. I'm getting married in the next three weeks, as we mentioned. So we're busy planning on all that stuff. (laughs) Okay. Well, you will absolutely be missed. Um, There will be a lot of good people there. Um, I suggest or I recommend that people do hop on to limitless-estates.com. 
That way they can find your podcast. That way they can find your two meetup groups. You said all, this is a hub for everything. Your email's on there. It's, I think you said it's K Mitchell. Yep. Okay, perfect. They'll find that. And um, yeah, perfect. I love having you on the podcast. Your story inspires me to do more and to be more and to go more. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. I'm going to let you go. But until next time, my friend, think outside the box. If you love this content, please leave a review and share this podcast with your friends. As a reminder, any investment opportunities mentioned on this show are for accredited investors only. I'm ready to have that conversation with you. It's pretty easy to set up. There's a link to my online calendar available for you in the show notes. Scroll down now and pick a time on there that works best for both of us. Until next time, think outside the box.